I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Monday. I hope your week is treating you well. I am so happy to be here. I am back from California. What a trip that was. It was one of the best trips, I would say, of my life, uh, with my partner especially, so worth it. Such a good experience. 10 out of 10. Can't wait to tell you more about it. We are back to another coffee chat episode. So if you're new here, coffee chats are where I share with you what I'm learning right now, what's going on behind the scenes over here and what to expect on the podcast this week. So let's get into it. So I am always relearning and learning lessons over and over and over again. (laughs) So Something I am relearning right now is the importance of not trying to control an outcome. I am so guilty of wanting to guarantee a positive outcome in my life and in all areas, right? Like relationally, career-wise, emotionally, physically, all of the different areas of my life. Like I'm, I have at some point tried to lock a vice grip of control in a positive direction. You know, I'm going, this is all going to be great. Just watch and see, I can make it great. And the problem with that, obviously, is that it creates a lot of tension in the moment. The future is never here, right? Like the very nature of the future is that it cannot exist in the present. Meaning I will literally never experience the future. I will only ever experience the moment that I'm in right now, always and forever, right? So this like attempt (laughs) to guarantee a positive outcome through my like force of will, my anxiety, my stress levels, my preparatory behaviors, right? Like all of these things that come with being kind of a future-minded, anxiety-filled human being, (laughs) all of these things, they prevent you from being truly present in the joy of the present moment. Because if your goal is to prevent a negative thing from happening, if your goal is to guarantee a positive outcome, well, then you're all hands on deck all the time, right? Like relationally it can cause you to be like preventative in the way that you relate to someone like okay well i hope that they don't ever do x y or z i hope they never take me for granted i hope they never cheat on me i hope they never lie to me i hope they are never disappointed in me and so it keeps you kind of on your toes all the time trying to like hold on to something same thing with your career right like you guys have heard me talk about this it's like i will like say yes to every opportunity because You never know which one's going to be the one. And it really causes the present moment to suffer because I'm so overworked and so overburdened and so split in so many different directions that it can be really hard to enjoy this thing that you've made, right? Because you're just kind of surviving day to day. Same thing with like my health, right? In times 
you've heard me talk about struggling with restricted eating. That's been like a struggle of mine in the past. I've also gone through real seasons of over-exercising out of, out of fear. I am like at the healthiest I've ever been with those things right now where I feel like I have like a moderate relationship to those things. But when I've been really restrictive, it's been out of that place of like, I want to guarantee a positive future outcome. So I'm going to, I like present me can suffer so that future me can get the reward, right? And obviously the problem with restriction by nature is that it causes, it's, it's unsustainable, right? That like vice grip that we put on things isn't a sustainable way to grow. It's not a sustainable way to have a relationship, whether that's a relationship to someone else, to your work, to food, to movement, to yourself. If I'm holding onto this like vice grip of like, I will respect myself, I will value myself someday. And in order to do that, I better perform at my best today, right? I better not let myself down today so that future me gets to have love. It doesn't work like that, right? Because future me will never exist because I will always ever be present me. Meaning I better figure out how to be content with where I am right now. And I better figure out how to have capacity to risk a future that isn't how I planned it, right? Meaning in my relationships, I need to be willing to risk loving, even though I might be hurt because present me deserves to love and be loved in return. And I can't force future me to be safe. I can't force a world where future me doesn't experience pain. It's impossible. And I'll never be her. I'll only ever be present me. So present me better appreciate the relationship she has instead of vice gripping to guarantee that my future relationship is good. Similarly with my work environment and my relationship to myself and my relationship to food, right? All of these things we've talked about. We kill the joy of the present moment by trying so hard to guarantee the joy of a future moment that we can literally never experience. So that's what I'm kind of learning right now. I'm kind of focusing on, can I enjoy the present while it's here and all of these different areas of my life and focus less on preventing negative things from happening and focusing more on enjoying what is as it is in its, its range of beauty and pain because that's the nature of things is that they're both beautiful and painful all the time uh, in all the different ways. And I am not in control of how things play out. And all that I get to do is be here with those things now. Now, that, so that's what I'm learning right now. Let's get into a little bit of this past week, starting with our three good things. We're gonna do three good things through, like all about my trip to California. So. Good thing number one is the California coast. So Ovi and I went to California for my friend's work meeting, like retreat. I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but it was in the Russian River area. But we flew into San Francisco and then we drove about three hours up the coast and then drove back down the coast to go to Russian River. No regrets, it was so beautiful. We stopped on the side of the road of Highway 1 to watch the sunset. 
we stayed at this really cute hotel called the Wildflower Boutique. It was like a roadside motel, but it was really cute. And they brought breakfast to your room in the morning. It was really charming. And we went to a lighthouse and saw some seals. And it was just all, all in all a really beautiful trip. The coast was incredible. And then our retreat that we went to was in the Redwood Forest. We stayed in some airstreams, like at this, um, it's called Auto Camp, and these airstream kind of like hotel rooms. And we stayed in the middle of the Redwood Forest. We visited a Redwood Preserve and just let nature kind of take care of us, if I'm honest. Like this whole trip felt like nature was kind of like healing us. And then we, in, at camp, we were just surrounded by some really lovely humans. I felt like we had some really deep, meaningful conversations, did a lot of like energy work. And we had, I had my tarot cards read. I had Reiki done. We were just around some of the loveliest people. And it just felt like we were being held by community and held by nature. And all in all, it was just this beautiful experience to get to have together. So all good things. And in terms of what we were doing in California, so things that happened last week is that we were in California for my friend, Nicole. She owns a company called Jumpsuit. It's basically like a freelance network. And so if you've done work with her in the last year, you go to what they call the road show. And in the road show, it's like all the people who've done work with Jumpsuit come together and connect. And it's like different every year, but this is my first year. So I only have this one to reference. We all came together. We had tarot, we had Reiki, we had beautiful introductions and conversation and food and campfires. It was really, really cool. Again, we road tripped up the coast. We road tripped back. Then we had a bit of a fiasco getting home. So the original plan was to get home Wednesday. We left Wednesday morning. Our flight, our first flight of the day, it was supposed to go into Denver. We are on the way there and the pilot comes on and he's like, hey, so update, <laughs> we're about to land in Albuquerque. And so, you know, we didn't, we landed in Albuquerque, fueled up. When Denver was letting people land again, we were able to land in Denver. But at that point, we'd already missed our connection to Atlanta. So we were originally supposed to fly to Denver, have about an hour and then fly to Atlanta and then fly to Greenville and then drive home. Instead, we get to Denver, missed our flight. So the next flight we could get on was the next morning, which was crazy for us because we had already kind of been traveling. It was like we traveled every day of that trip, you know? And I had a ton of meetings that Thursday. I mean, I had so many meetings and I was like, oh. So we flew. Thursday morning, we basically got in, no, we flew from Atlanta. I'm sorry. We flew from Denver at 9 p.m. that night and flew into Atlanta. And we got into Atlanta. We got into our hotel room at like four in the morning. And then we had to be up and out by like eight in the morning. We got up at seven. And so we got like just like three or four hours of sleep. Then we flew home my flight and my drive was like right on the chunk of time that I had all of my meetings, which was like from, we were like working from like, or we were traveling from eight to about 4 PM 
that day. So we got home at like four. That's like the window that I had my meetings. And so I had to reschedule all of my meetings for that day. It was really overwhelming. And we finally got home. When we got home, I mean, we had been running on three hours of sleep. So I slept from like four to seven. I like laid down for a nap and slept until seven, got up, ate dinner, went back to bed at like 8.30. The next day I had one coaching session, had that session and literally did not do anything else that day. I tried, like I was like, I'm gonna work. <laughs> I tried and my brain just was like, absolutely not, we're not gonna do that. So I allowed myself the space to just roll my work forward and it's Monday, I'm almost done with my work day, I've picked up the task from Friday and everything's okay, <laughs> everything worked out. But it was a rough go there for a minute. It was like the most amazing trip and then one of the hardest trips ever on the way home. And part of that was that we flew Southwest and our first flight, we didn't know if it was full or not. And so we thought we would have space to like maybe not have anyone beside us. So we tried the whole leave the middle seat open thing and it didn't work out. We were like the last seat taken. And it was this guy who I love an older, like an older person, right? Like an old man, old woman. I just like love it. And so I was kind of excited to see like an older man sit with us because I thought like, okay, cool. That'd be great. It was not great. Okay. He was making like dirty jokes with us and he was like touching us in ways that like didn't feel comfortable. He was also like talking the whole time. He was like standing up and talking to the people in front of us. It was really awkward. We were having to like set boundaries a bunch. And this was a hard flight because remember, this is the one that got redirected. And so not only were we three, you know, three to a row, but we were also like having to like constantly set boundaries. And then it was delayed and then it was redirected. And then we sat on the tarmac for like 45 minutes. And it was just, it was one of the worst flights I've ever had. But the cool thing about that is that we were actually having a pretty decent time. Like it was hard, you know, and it was like, oh, I don't know. No one wants to set boundaries. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know. It was, a, it was such a good trip. I feel like we were still riding on the bliss of that. And all in all, it was great. And we got home and all was well. But anyway things I'm feeling vulnerable about. I'm feeling vulnerable about having to reschedule sessions, especially with coaching clients, just because, you know, our schedule, our time together is kind of tight. And I just, I don't know. I never want to reschedule a session with somebody because we've like set up our schedule typically three months in advance. A lot of my clients are booking all, all three months out. And so I hate to kind of throw us off of that schedule. Everyone was super graceful about it, but at the same time, you know, it never feels good. You know what I mean? But I am feeling proud of using points to book so much of our trip in to California. Like so much of it was free because I used airline points or hotel points. And that was really cool. And my core values for the month of October, I chose comfortable priority, like prioritization and simplicity. So my comfort is a little bit tricky this week because it's a really stressful week for us, to be honest, just with like personal things. We have um, our kids got cross country and it's their last meet this week. So we're like making time for that. I have a lot of extra meetings because I rescheduled from last week. 
And then we have a funeral this weekend and a wedding this weekend. So it's just, and those are in two different cities. So it's just a little intense. So comfort might be very hard to find if I'm honest, just kind of creating space for that. So I'm going to cherish my mornings and just really be in the moments where I have space to be down and relaxed because they're going to be precious. Prioritization. I have a launch coming up that is my primary focus. So I really want to make sure that I'm saying no to the things like to obligations on my time that are not related to that. And yes, to the things that are related to that. And similarly, prioritizing my family this week, just as we have like so much going on, I want to make sure we're kind of grounded together. And then simplicity, I, I'm going to keep it simple because I'm just going to focus on work and family this week. I'm not going to like get crazy about it. That's what I have time for. That is the priority. And we're going to keep it, keep that simple. My self-care challenge last week was to work ahead so I could take pressure off of my trip. And I did that and it did. It was great. This week, I'm going to pick up knitting again, I think. I'm listening to an audiobook right now, so it's kind of a good time for me to have something to do with my hands. And I think that'll bring me into some calmness while I'm kind of doing something else that I would tend to do. And then what's coming up in terms of content this week? Tuesday, we are continuing our series about accessing our inner child and our soul child with Enneagram Type 6. Wednesday is our weekly Q&A. Thursday is Notes from Therapy. And Friday, a podcast interview with my dear friend, Laura Lee, about recovering from heartbreak and her new book. So excited about that. And this week, friends, is an invitation to enjoy the moment you are in. We're going to end today with a quote from Corey Ten Boom from Clippings from My Notebook. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. All right, friends, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.